Come together. <coughs>
mind. I would like to read together this evening, please, in the, in the book of the Psalms, and we're going to consider together this evening Psalm 31. Psalm 31. So we're going to read uh, from that Psalm, please. <coughs> Psalm 30, and we're just going to begin at the first verse, to the chief musician, a psalm of David. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear speedily. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me, for thou art my strength. Into thy hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, and hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief. Yea, my soul and my belly for my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity and my bones are consumed. I was a reproach among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors and a fear to mine acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel, for I have heard the slander of many Fear was on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they devised to take away my life. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servants. Save me. For thy mercy's sake, let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed, and let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. O oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man, thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. O oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints. For the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Now we've taken time to read the whole psalm, and this is the word of the Lord, and we look to him to, look to, him to bless it to each one of us. I trust that we might be edified that we might be built up in our faith this evening, that we might be encouraged together in the Lord, and that we might uh, be challenged uh, as we consider the, the words of the psalm together. Those that know me will know that I do enjoy reading in the psalms. Uh, I do enjoy uh, the different, uh, the great sense of variety that there is in the psalms, and it seems that the, the, the Psalms seem to just have something for every circumstance 
of life and whatever experience the people of God are going through, there just seems to be something in the Psalms uh, that they can identify with, they can learn lessons from and shared experiences from. Uh, and so we're looking at Psalm 31 tonight. Uh, and that's just what we want to do. We want to use the Psalm uh, to encourage uh, every child of God tonight, whether you're young or whether you're old. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe younger ones don't spend too much time in the Psalms. Uh, you know, maybe you think that's a book for, for the old folks. Well, I trust there will be something for everyone uh, in the meeting tonight. You see, the Psalms, uh, someone described them as a, a Bible in miniature. Uh, and so there is something in the Psalms uh, to guide us. There are principles uh, in the Psalm to live by. So when you come to the first Psalm, blessed be the man uh, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners. <coughs> and the, the, those are principles. There are principles in the first Psalm. It is a wisdom psalm, and it gives us principles to live by. Uh, and not only do the psalms give us principles to live by, but it, it gives us prayers and praise uh, that we can present to God as we see the prayers and the praises of the psalmist in various psalms. Uh, and, and there is also, as we've mentioned, shared experiences. So in the psalms, there are shared experiences and the experiences that the people of God have gone through in the past will give us valuable lessons uh, for similar experiences uh, in our lives. And so we want to look at Psalm 31 tonight and just to, to think about those things. The, the, the Psalms are, can be very familiar. Uh, you know, if I was to try and, and get a little audience participation and engagement, I'm just saying that to make you nervous because I know we don't do that kind of thing. But, you know, if I was to say Psalm 1, I'm sure someone would say, blessed be the man. If I was to say Psalm 2, I'm sure someone would say, why do the heathen rage? You know, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. If I was to say Psalm 23, most would probably say, the Lord is my shepherd. If I was to say Psalm uh, Psalm 32, you know, blessed is the man whose transgression is covered, whose sin is forgiven. There's a familiarity about the Psalms, and, and you can almost just say the number of a Psalm. Uh, and, and perhaps less so in Psalm 31, but there is an expression in the Psalm that I want to think about this evening, and it's the expression that we find in verse 15. Uh, I, I know we're maybe well into the new year now, but I have been thinking since the start of this year, uh, just of this little expression, my times are in thy hand. Uh, and, and that's really the main message that I have this evening, that the psalmist, in the experience that he was passing through, he, he could say that my times are in thy hand. And so I just want to think about that with you this evening. My times and not only the times of the psalmist David, but, but that all of us might just grasp that tonight, that my times and your times, where are they? They are in his hand. And we just want to consider what that means practically for each one of us this evening. The, the psalm may not be so well known, but it is perhaps more popular than you might think, uh, because uh, the psalm is, is a psalm that has been used by other Bible characters. The commentators would tell us that Jonah, in the belly of the fish, would quote from Psalm 31. Uh, and not only so, but Jeremiah would use phrases from the psalm as well. And of course, in verse 5 of the psalm, I'm sure you notice that the, the, the words in verse 5, Into thine hand I commit my spirit. And the Lord Jesus himself used that psalm. Uh, on the cross in his last moments on the cross and, and uh, perhaps Stephen paraphrased that uh, in, in Acts chapter 7 when he was being stoned uh, Lord Jesus receive my spirit and so we're looking at the psalm tonight it is a psalm perhaps of lament it is a psalm of perplexity but it is also a psalm of trust and a psalm of 
confidence. And so we want to, to look at it together this evening. If I can just pick out one or two things from the psalm, I want you to notice in verses 1 to 6, if, you, if you've just got the psalm open, in verses 1 to 6, I want you to notice that there's a little sandwich there, uh, that there's bookends, and it's the word trust. And so you'll notice in verse 1, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Uh, perhaps if you have another version, it might say, in thee, I take refuge. Uh, but it is the thought of trusting in the Lord. And then notice in verse 6, I hated them that have regard for lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. And so I want to suggest tonight that verses 1 to 6 speak about the trust of the psalmist. Uh, and those two words for trust, the bookends of that first section, the, the psalmist trust in God, they're two different words in the Hebrew for trust. Uh, and the first one, as I've, as I've alluded to, is translated in the English Standard Version, for example, it's translated as refuge. In you, I take refuge, I have taken refuge. And so in relation to the psalmist trust in the circumstances that he is in, and he is in difficult circumstances, but right at the outset, he makes this declaration, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. I'm, I'm coming to you for refuge and for safety and for security. And so it is the psalmist trust. And as the psalmist can say that, uh, in, in verse 1 and in verse 6, I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. And so there is the thought of trust, and we're going to see that in the psalm. That, that word for trust, it's not so much fleeing for refuge, but it's more of a passive word. It's more in, 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 in the Lord I have confidence, and in the Lord I just rest. And that is the idea of trust. So in the circumstances of life, the difficult, uh, extremely difficult circumstances of Psalm 31, the psalmist tells us about his trust. Then in verses 7 to 9, uh, will you notice with me, uh, again, we've got, uh, we've got something of a, a sandwich or bookends, if you will. Uh, verse 7, I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Uh, and so the psalmist is now speaking about his trouble. And then in verse 9, at the end of that next section, have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Uh, and so we have the psalmist trust and the psalmist trouble. Now, some of you tonight might have a, a Newbury Bible, and uh, I don't often use it. I've got my father's Bible with me tonight, my father's Newbury Bible. And uh, Mr. Newbury in his Bible will make certain phrases or words bold and emphatic. And so you will notice in, in that Bible, in verse 13, I trusted in the Lord. And so there's an emphasis in the psalm on trust. And there is also an emphasis on trouble in verse 9, for I am in trouble. That is an emphatic, uh, and so he is emphasizing that he is passing through a time of great trouble. And so if in the opening section we have the psalmist trust, then in the next section we have the psalmist's trouble. And we might have time just to think about uh, the aspects of trouble in the life of the psalmist. Uh, it, it's good perhaps that the beginning of the psalm doesn't tell us what that trouble is. Uh, you know, it's trouble, and, and trouble comes in different forms, in different shapes, uh, in different times in life. Uh, and, and so it's good to be able to know that in a very general way we can apply the psalm this evening. Uh, I'm going to suggest that in verses 10 to 13 we have the psalmist trial or the psalmist trauma. Now that is just because I'm hopelessly addicted to alliteration, uh, because it's really still speaking about his trouble. But I'm going to suggest tonight that it is uh, the, the trauma or the, the outcome of his trouble, the effect that the trouble has had on him. So if you just drop your eye to that verses, you know, have mercy upon me, O God, for I am in trouble in verse 9. And then if we come down to, to verse 10, he, he, at the second half, perhaps, of verse 9, mine eye is consumed with grief. 
So in the Hebrew poetry, here's another couplet. Uh, he's consumed with grief in verse 9. In verse 10, his life is spent in grief. And so he is in grief, he is in sorrow, he is in sadness. And that is the outcome of the trouble. That is the trauma and the trial that he's passing through, the effect that the trouble. He, he says his strength is failing because of his iniquity in the midst of his trouble. Is it something like that with you? You know, when trouble comes, do, do, you, do you sometimes say to yourself, you know, this, this, is, this is because of me. This is because of who I am. The psalmist thought that his trouble was because of his iniquity. He says, it's because of my iniquity. And he speaks about being a reproach to his enemies. Not only his strength failing, but his bones are consumed. And then look at verse 12. He says, I'm forgotten as a dead man. It's not good, is it, when sometimes you just feel forgotten? You ever visited a, a saint and they've said, oh, it's so good to see you. I just thought nobody was thinking about us. And the, and the psalmist here, that, that's where he's at. He's feeling isolated. I'm forgotten. Nobody's thinking about me. I'm out of sight and I'm out of mind. And then he says, I'm like a broken vessel. A broken vessel. Uh, and so that is the trauma the effect. It's affected his whole being. And trouble in life, you know, you young people, I know you maybe haven't experienced this in your life, but just be patient because it will come. And it can affect your whole being. It affected him, body, soul, and spirit, as we see in these verses. And so we have the psalmist trial or his trauma. And then in verses 14 to 15, he, he, he speaks again about his trust and he speaks about my times are in thy hand. And we're going to think about that this evening, that, that no matter what my times are at this present moment, they are in thy hand. And we're going to look at that in just a little more detail in a few moments. And so we have the psalmist times and, and then we have the psalmist triumph in verses 16 to 20. There seems to be a turning point uh, in the psalm. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Seems to be a change of tone. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me not be ashamed. Uh, let, them, let the wicked be ashamed. And, and then in verse 19, he will say, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. And the psalmist is in triumph. And then in verses 21 to 22, we have the psalmist thanksgiving. He will say, blessed be the Lord, for he has showed me his marvelous kindness. And his, his despair has been turned into victory and triumph and deliverance. And he's thanking the Lord for his goodness. And then finally, in verses 23 and 24, I want to suggest we have the psalmist testimony and his exhortation as he comes out of this trouble he will say love the lord all ye his saints for the lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart all ye that hope in the lord so that is a broad outline of this psalm it is a psalm of trust that is born in the midst of trouble and that is the key theme. And, and the, the confidence and the trust of the psalmist is because my times are in thy hand. Now, we don't know the circumstances of every life in the room. Uh, but we know that life does. You know, it is Job, I think, isn't it, that says, man that is born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. Uh, and as the sparks fly upward, so, so trouble comes. Uh, and so there is a practical application tonight, and I trust it will be a, a word of encouragement to us. The psalmist trouble, that, that first word for trouble, it's the thought of affliction and misery. It's the, it's the thought of Hagar when she was abused by Sarah and she was cast out and she, she was just uh, so vexed and, and so afflicted and, and in misery. And, and that is the thought. It's the thought of Leah, who was not loved as Rachel was. It's the thought of 
Jacob abused by the trickery of Laban. That, that is the word for trouble here. It's the thought of Job's illness. And so the psalmist is experiencing trouble that is an affliction and a misery to him. And part of that is external and part of that is internal. Part of that is for because of external enemies. Perhaps he's under siege, but it's affecting his body and his soul and his spirit. And so he is under affliction. The other word for trouble there in verse 9, for I am in trouble, mine eye is consumed with grief. Uh, and so the, the thought of trouble there is the thought of being hemmed in, uh, the thought of being in a tight spot. The, the thought, you know, perhaps that's why some commentators think it's being under siege. It's the thought of being hurt. It's the thought of hostility and hardness. And so the psalmist is in trouble and he's suffering adversity and grief and he feels uh, forgotten and he's like a broken vessel. We've thought of that in our outline this evening. Vessel can become broken. Uh, sometimes it becomes broken because of the impact of something or something bumping up against it. Uh, you know, something just comes barging into life. Uh, sometimes we, you know, should tread carefully that, that we don't inadvertently bump somebody in such a way that, that they are broken. And, and uh, we have that effect on others. And, and so the psalmist then speaks about his trust and his confidence. Uh, I, I love the thought of that first word, it's taking refuge. It's the thought of the shade of a tree. In Judges, it has that thought, <laughs> taking shade and shelter under a tree from the heat of the sun. It, it's the thought of those words that were spoken to Ruth, you know, the God under whose wings you have come to trust. That's the, the lovely picture of the psalmist's trust in the Lord. And so we have his trust and his refuge. It's the same word in Psalm 16, in thee do I put my trust. And in, in that verse 5, if you'll just look at that for a moment with me, uh, into thy hands I commit my spirit, thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Uh, the, the psalmist's trust was due to the fact, or one of the reasons for his trust was, he knew the Lord had redeemed him. And just to think of that, thou hast redeemed me. And he's taking comfort and consolation in the fact that he is one of the Lord's redeemed and remembering the price that has been paid for him, the deliverance price. But, but notice how he addresses God, O Lord, God of truth. Mr. Flanagan in his commentary on the psalm it says the only other time the expression is used is in Deuteronomy 32 and 4. And it is the thought of uh, not so much God of truth, but God of faithfulness. And that's a reason for his trust, because of the faithfulness of God. He is the God of truth, or he is the faithful good. I heard a song recently uh, it's a bit modern, so I don't want to be on the edge of things now or anything like that. But, but I just thought, listening to it, it really touched me. Uh, I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And so the psalmist trust is because of the faithfulness of God. Now I want to think about the, the psalmist times and I want to just make application of the psalm this evening. The, 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 the psalmist the psalmist times uh, my times are in thy hand and and the word really is a general word for time and it, and it can mean uh, a variety of things and for some strange reason uh, when i when i read the expression my times are in your hand for some reason 
uh, a quotation came into my mind. Uh, the quotation was, it was the best of times and the worst of times. Uh, and, and those uh, English students among you will, will remember that reference. It was the age of wisdom and the age of foolishness, the epoch of belief, the epoch of incredulity. So wrote uh, Charles Dickens. Uh, you know, it was the best of times and the worst of times. Why would I mention that tonight? Well, my times are in thy hand. And whether that is the best of times and whether that is the worst of times, uh, my times are in your hand. The person that wrote the psalm is David. And when he's speaking about his times being in God's hands, uh, you know, that could refer to seasons. When we think about times, we think about winter time and we think about summer time. It could just be periods of times. It could be good days and bad days. We speak about, or oh, remember, remember that that was some good times or remember that that was difficult days. It was difficult times. And so David says, my times are in your hands. So I, I want to think about the times that David could have been referring to in this psalm. Uh, and the way that I'm going to do that is to mention that there are 14 psalms that are attributed to David in the, in the books of psalms. And in their title, they will give uh, a, clear, uh, a clear indication of the event or the time that that psalm occurred. Uh, and so 14 psalms. Now, I don't know how you feel about uh, the titles of the Psalms, uh, but if I can just quote from a, a, a writer I love to read, a man called Alec Motier, uh, th there are 14 Psalms of David that have their headings or titles relating to incident or times in his life. And, and, and he writes, in the Hebrew text, the Psalm headings are never separated from the rest of the Psalm. Many of our English Bibles do. And not only so, they give them tiny text. So if you look down at the Bible you're reading tonight, is the, is the title separate? And is it in small text you can hardly read? Well, Mr. Mortier, uh, who is now with the Lord, uh, suggests strongly that the headings are not optional extras. Uh, often they are admitted, omitted when the Psalms are read publicly, but they must be treated with equal seriousness for they are venerable, and authoritative introductions to the Psalms and they aid our understanding of them. So what do we mean by that? Well, Psalm 63 and verse 1 is a Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. And so the times, these were times when David was in the wilderness of Judah. My times are in thy hand. And Psalm 63 tells us uh, it's a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. He goes on in verse 1 to say, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee, my flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. And so there are times that are wilderness experiences and there are times of barrenness. In the time of David, there was times he was in the wilderness. And perhaps I don't know where you are where you're at this evening. I don't know what stage of life you're at. I don't know what season of life you're in. Perhaps you're in a wilderness experience and perhaps you're knowing barrenness of soul and barrenness of heart. What a terrible experience that is to, to be in the wilderness and to be thirsting for God, thirsting for better days, remembering better days perhaps. And so David says in Psalm 63, it was a psalm when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Psalm 54 in verse 1 is to the chief musician upon Neginoth, and it's a mascal, a psalm of David. And it is when the Ziphims came and said to Saul, David doth hide himself with us. And David goes on to say, save me, O God, by thy name, and judge me by thy strength. What time in David's life is this? David had been living in the city of Ziph with the Ziphims, with the Ziphites, and, and he had been like a, a, a protection to them. Uh, and, and he had 
done no, no wrong to them whatsoever. And yet when they heard that Saul was looking for David, they secretly told Saul, David's hiding with us. My times are in thy hand. Times when I'm disappointed. Times when I feel let down. And so David says, my times are in thy hand. In Psalm 3 and verse 1, the psalmist writes, A psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. There's times in David's life when there was real family problems that were being dealt with and being experienced. And, and, and that can be part of the troubles of life as well, can't it? Uh, he fled from Absalom, his son. How sad to read that. And the heart of David at the time, he goes on in verse 1 of that psalm, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. And so times of family problems. Psalm 34 is always, always seems a strange psalm to me because it's, it's a psalm of confidence and it's a psalm of great trust and confidence in God. And yet the title is a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech. And I'm going to suggest that that is times of shame. That was a terrible experience in the life of David when, when he, he, he felt he had to flee from Saul. And it's as if he had lost his trust in the Lord. And before this king, Achish, he, 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 he was scratching about in the ground and the spittle coming down his chin. He was pretending he was mad. And as David looked back on that, he must have thought that was a time of of great shame in my life. And which of us can't look back on life's experiences and, and look back on times that you wish you could erase? Or, or at least you wish you could just do it again, you know, try and repeat it and, and not repeat it, but repair it. But David can say, my times are in thy hand. There are Perplexing times. Psalm 52 says it's a psalm of David when Doeg the Edomite came and told Saul and said unto him, David is come to the house of Ahimelech. That must have been a terrible time in the life of David. You might remember the scene when David went to the priest and, and received Goliath's sword and received the showbread. And Doeg the Edomite was there at the time. And when he went and told Saul, all of the priestly family were slain. And David must have just said, that was because of me. That was because of my actions. Uh, the time in David's life of perplexity. A, a time when the activity of the enemy was at its fiercest, perhaps. In Psalm 56 and verse 1, it's a psalm when David, when the Philistines took him in Gath and the enemy is attacking. And, and we know times in life when that is the case. If you are the Lord's, you will know that there are times in life when Satan is raging and roaring and like a, like a, a roaring lion and he's seeking to devour and he's planting seeds of doubt and fiery darts. And there are times in life's experience when the flesh is just bringing up feelings of bitterness and, and wrong desires and and the attack of the flesh and there, there is the world around us and so there are times when the, the force of the world is just compressing us into its mold and so this was a psalm that was written in the time when the Philistines took him in Gath times of darkness and despair Psalm 142 is a psalm when David was in the cave that, that was a, a difficult time in David's life. He was in the cave. Circumstances had changed so dramatically. Not long before that, he was in the palace. You know, and he was getting married to the king's daughter and he was remembering a victory against Goliath. And David's in the cave. <coughs> Times of sin and failure. Psalm 51. The Psalm of David when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba. 
a time of sin and failure in the life of David. And he cries, Lord, have mercy on me according to your loving kindness. Cries for cleansing. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Times of deliverance and mercy. Psalm 18 is a psalm that was written. Uh, David spoke the words of that psalm in the day that the Lord delivered him from all his enemies. And so these are some of the times and the days in David's life and David's experience. And I would suggest this evening that for every one of them, David could say, my times, my times, all of these times are in thy hand. And so each one of us this evening, perhaps you've identified with some of these times and these experiences. We can say this evening that my times are in thy hand. There's a hymn in the hymn book. Uh, in, I don't think this verse is in the believers. In the light and love, there's a verse of the hymn that says, My times are in thy hand. How blessed it is to know that God's sure gracious hand is o'er our checkered path below. My times are in thy hand. Uh, and just to think of that, that, you know, I was encouraged with the, the words of that hymn that we sang the first hymn, Like a River Glorious. I think the second hymn refers to uh, the hymn writer being hidden in the hollow of God's hand. Uh, and just to, to think of that, that my times, my times, whether they're the best of times, whether the worst of times, whether they're times of victory or times of defeat, times of health, times of sickness, times of sorrow, times of joy, times of difficulty, times of ease, Times of failure, times of success. My times are in thy hand. And just to think of that, the, the hand of the Lord, the, 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 the powerful hand of the Lord. It's good to know that our times are in the hand that is powerful and that is strong and that is infinitely strong, that is omnipotent and all-powerful. And we see that in references, you know, the the... the, the our Bible has to use human language when it describes God. It has to, to, to describe God as having body parts, if you will. Uh, there's a fancy theological word for it. I, I can never say it properly, so I'm not going to try and say it. But, but it's, a, it's a applying, you know, God's hand. God is a spirit. God doesn't have a hand. But the psalmist is saying, my times are in his hand. And as he's describing the hand of the Lord, he says, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars that you have made. He, he says in Psalm 19, the, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky, his handiwork. And so the, the hand of the Lord is a, is a powerful hand, powerful in creation, powerful in salvation. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, has dashed in in pieces the enemy it's the song that they sang at the other side of the Red Sea and so God's hand is his powerful hand it's, it's almighty God's hand is his providing hand just, just to be encouraged by that tonight the, the eyes Psalm 145 verse 15 the eyes of all wait upon thee and thou givest them their meat in due season Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing, the, the providing care of the Lord. Thou givest them, they gather, thou openest thine hand, they are filled <clears throat> with good. Think of the occasion when the Lord Jesus could take those loaves and he could just provide for the needs of all that were there. The Lord's hand is a powerful hand. It is a providing hand. It provides for our need. Great is thy faithfulness, the hymn writer has said. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. It's a preserving hand. Isaiah 49 speaks about the servant of the Lord being in the shadow of his hand. In the shadow of his hand has he hidden me. And so it is the thought of preserving and protection 
and we are hidden in the hand of the Lord. No man shall pluck them from my hand. And so the Lord's hand is a preserving hand. It protects us and, and nothing can pluck us from it. And no one can remove us from it. The, the Lord speaking to his people by Jeremiah could say, Isaiah rather could say, uh, I have engraved you. I have engraved you on the palm of my hand. And so we are in his hand. Our times are in his hand. It is a pitying hand. How wonderful to think of the tenderness of the touch of the Lord. Our times are in his hand. The, the one that saw the leper and had compassion on him and reached out his hand and touched him. The, the one that, that made clay and anointed the eyes of the blind man. The, the one that said to the young maid, I say unto thee, arise. And so we have the pitying hand of the Lord. My times are in thy hand. Good to remind ourselves tonight that it is a pierced hand. It is a hand that was wounded for us. And so our times are in his pierced hand. Yeah, just, just to think of that, the, the, the occasion when he appeared in John 20, verse 20, and he appeared in their midst, and he showed them his hands. And, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. It is a providential hand. And I really want to emphasize that in the meeting tonight. It is a providential hand. I, I love to quote this. Perhaps you've heard me quoting it before. It's, uh, it's question 27 in the Heidelberg Catechism, so I'm sure you read it all the time. Uh, but, but I have quoted it before, so forgive me if I'm repeating. Uh, but question 27 asks, what do you understand by the providence of God? And the answer is, God's providence is his almighty and ever-present power, whereby as with his hand, he still upholds heaven and earth and all creatures, and so governs them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and barren years, food and drink, health and sickness, riches and poverty. Indeed, all things come to us, not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. And the hand of the Lord is providential. And so the hymn writer has said, Beneath his watchful eye, his saints securely dwell. The hand that bears creation up shall guard his children well. And God is in control. And nothing will happen out with his sovereign permissive will. And all of his purposes will be brought to pass. And so our times are in his hand, and his hand is a providential hand, and he so moves the scenes in life. And that can be a hard truth to, to, to accept. But, but let's, not, you know, let's not have a God who is taken by surprise when things go wrong in our lives. God is in control. His hand is a perfect hand. In the Song of Solomon, we read that his hands are as gold rings uh, and they're set with beryl. Uh, and, you know, the thought of gold rings, not to over-spiritualize it, but his hand are as gold rings, the perfection, the deity and the eternity and the perfection of the gold rings. His hands are as gold rings and all that he does is perfect. And all that he does uh, will come to completion. All that he begins, he that began a good work in you will complete it. And so the psalmist can say, my times are in thy hand. I trust we can all be encouraged by that tonight and we can all borrow that from the psalm and the, the circumstances and experiences of our lives. We might just confidently say and confidently trust that my times are in his hand. The, the psalm ends in thanksgiving for the Lord's marvelous kindness. You'll, you'll, you'll see that in verse 21. I was so encouraged when I saw that that word for marvelous 
kindness is translated in Genesis 18 and 14 is anything too hard for the Lord. You know, is anything too marvelous that the Lord can't accomplish it? The word spoken to Sarah. And so he's thanking the Lord for his marvelous kindness. And then he ends this psalm by saying, love the Lord, all ye his saints. That's the exhortation to us this evening. Love the Lord. Just, just whatever else in life. You know, if we just have that as our aim and our focus, love the Lord, ye his saints. And be of good courage. And he will strengthen your heart. All ye that hope, all ye that wait for the Lord. So three things as I close this evening. I, I did hear something really quite uh, interesting recently where, where preachers were being described and some of them say in conclusion and they conclude and some of them say lastly and they last. Uh, we are just concluding the meeting at the moment. Three things. The exhortation of the psalmist. Have strong courage in the year that lies ahead. Have strong courage and be unafraid. Have calm and quiet confidence to rest and to confide and to trust implicitly in the Lord God of truth, the faithful God, and know that our times are in his hand. But here's the challenge. Have an absolute commitment to the Lord's will and ways for us. If our times are in his hand, we must submit to his word and we must bow to his will and we must redeem the time, the time that we've been given. Please don't waste your life. Redeem the time that we have. We'll close the meeting in prayer. Thank you for your patience. Our Father, we bow at the close of our meeting this evening and we are just so thankful to be able to meet with thy people, to, to meet together in community like this, in, in communion one with another, uh, and, and to have that shared bond, the, the ties that bind us in the Lord Jesus, and to have the word of God open before us and to, we trust, be in, encouraged from it and challenged from it. And so we commit thy word and thy work to thee this evening. We pray that every soul in the meeting tonight might be blessed richly and safely kept in the days that lie before us, be they short or long, in thy will. And pray that we may all rest in the assurance that our times are in thy hand. And so we give thanks this evening. We give thanks for refreshments provided for us. We give thanks for the assembly here at Holborn and pray thy blessing upon it as we give thanks in the Saviour's name. Amen. Amen.